All right, guys. So we just want to preface what you're about to listen to um, with a little something. So this is just a story and it is probably going to sound really crazy to some people. Um, and it also, if you're listening with small children, it also might not be something <laughs> you want them to hear at some points, <laughs> J- just because some of it might feel a little bit scary. Adult discretion advised. Adult discretion advised. But this is, this is a true story. Um, this is Jess's lived experience and it might sound weird, but we just ask that maybe like you hear us out. Anything you want to add, Jess? No, I think that's. That's about it. All right. Okay. Suspend your disbelief because Sus- you've heard the whole thing. Yes. Suspend and then your you can resume your disbelief if yes. you so choose. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, All right. Thank okay. you for that. Thank Without you. further ado. All right. Enjoy. Hey, guys. I'm Hannah. I'm Jessica. Welcome to the Extra Mundane Podcast. Episode three. Episode three. Dang. We may only record three episodes, but we got three episodes. Hey, cool. High five. That was a high five. That was a really good high five. (laughs) I know you can't see it because you're listening, but it was a good high five. (laughs) All right. Well, here on the Extra Mundane podcast, we are coming to you from New Mexico to discuss the ways in which we interface with the spirit realm on a daily basis. Um, We talk about God and how we can observe his work here in reality by sharing personal stories and engaging in discourse of a more academic nature. Um, We started this podcast in response to kind of what we saw happening in culture. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of people are very much repelled by understandably so by cultural Christianity mm-hmm. and as a result um, being the spiritual beings that we are we are hungering for a spiritual truth and we seek that spiritual fulfillment um, away from this cultural Christianity that has so repelled us so rightly so it rightly so I don't like it either uh, so in the in this spiritual, pursuit, we find ourselves, many of us find ourselves reaching toward traditions um, that maybe we've been trained to view as just an, an assortment on a menu that is up to us to determine which one resonates the most and find our truth therein. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're picking up pieces of other world religions and traditions without the context and the history behind those religions and traditions, because we've been so long divorced from those things. Yep. Yeah. And so where Hannah and I stand is that, you know, these traditions are not, they don't contradict one another. And they actually, in fact, when you piece them all together in the way that early church fathers and early biblical authors that in the way that they did, it actually forms a map that Hmm. points us toward our true home of heaven. Much more complete spiritual picture. Much more holistic, comprehensive view of how all these things interact. And so we are here to help uh, piece all of these traditions and these things that exist beyond the veil, so to speak, kind of piece them together and point us toward humanity's true north. Yes. Nice. Well said. We, uh, we decided we're going to kind of introduce ourselves each time so that if you're new to the podcast and you haven't heard our introduction episode, you know where we're coming from. But also I feel like each time we say it, we maybe 
say it in a new fresh way or we like uncover another like piece of it that we wanted to say so yeah we're just going to keep saying it every episode but now that you know kind of what we're about and where we're coming from if you haven't heard before that's what we're here to do so here on um episode three we've been our first episode was an introduction last time jess interviewed me talking about um kind of my family's spiritual history and where we came from so this episode i'm going to interview jess because as we kind of said last time like you know, I don't fully understand how lineage and genealogy and family lines work, but the Bible over and over again talks about family lines and genealogy and like the importance um, of these things. So we thought that a good way to set up this podcast and we were both coming from is to talk about both of our spiritual history, not just personally, but in our families. Um, And again, disclaimer, we're not saying like, if you don't have a family that you don't have a spiritual history, or if your family was bad, that that means that you're only set up for bad things in life. You know, like God can redeem anything. God can work through anything. And he has a story to tell through each of us. Um, but just to give a little bit more context where we're both coming from, we wanted to share our histories and our family's histories with you. So that's what today's episode is all about. Um, yeah. So Jess. So Hi. 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 (laughs) Thank you for that. Uh, So the way I'm going to tell this story today, it starts and ends with um, my family, but the middle is uh, an odyssey of what appears to be my own in isolation. It's not in isolation. Truly an odyssey. Just wait. (laughs) (laughs) So I guess I'll just jump into it. Yeah, go for it. Ready for the roller coaster ride that is Jess. Oh, gosh. I love Uh, your story so much. I'm so excited for everybody to hear this. I'm glad to hear that because you've heard it several times. So I'm glad. You you know what? Each time I'm like, it gets better. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I just get better at telling it, which is also Maybe I don't know, but it doesn't matter. It's still good. All right. Well, here we go on that note. Thank you, Hannah. (laughs) Always building me up (laughs) for good reason. So my, uh, my family or my story really starts with my paternal grandmother, my dad's mom in World War II Italy. She was raised in a small village town in Tuscany in Siena, Italy, if those, if, for oh, those of you who are familiar. I, you know what? I've never caught that part before. I've been to Siena. I love Siena. Really? Siena's incredible. Yeah. Okay, it's I've so beautiful. Been. Oh my gosh. You need to go to Siena. That's well, where, where this started. Oh so. man. Okay. That's like, that's so exciting because the, your whole story now has so much more picture in my mind. All right. <laughs> let's, let's go. Let's go. I love Siena. Okay. <laughs> cool. So she grew up in Siena, Italy during mm. World War II and she was raised in the Catholic church And she was really raised in the Catholic setting that justifies all of the negative stereotypes about Catholicism. (laughs) You know, she was raised by nuns who beat her and she was the bastard child of a young unwed mother. And so she was discriminated against from an early age. Really, all she knew was poverty and discrimination and abuse from nuns. But dang, yeah, but as you can imagine, or as, as maybe some of you (laughs) relate to, um, you hear that saying once a Catholic, always a Catholic. Mm -hmm. And so she seemed to, even though at some point she left the church and, uh, raised her kids sort of to be not religious. And I'll get into that in a second, but she, she seemed to always have this complicated relationship with it. Like she rejected it, but she secretly deep down believed it. Like it's, I'm, I don't know if she's even quite certain where she landed with it all. But I mean, I'm sure that has to be hard. She probably rejected the pieces of it that she saw were bad, but she held on to the pieces of it that she saw were true. Because what I know of your grandmother, she was a very, like she thought very critically and, you know, she really believed in the spiritual side of things. So it's probably hard to divorce the good from the bad there. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I don't know if she could have even articulated it yeah. in any way that would have 
made sense to to, to, to anyone but God. But mm-hmm. anyway, so we, we're not quite quite certain um, exactly how that looked in her heart. But we do know that at some point she walked away for all intents and purposes, walked away from the church, um, became an exotic dancer <laughs> and woman after my own heart. <laughs> she, I mean, she like performed for Kings and Queens in the middle East. And, you know, as part of this, as, as far as exotic dancing goes, part of this prestigious troupe that traveled from country to country during, <laughs> um, the fifties. And it was on one of these tours that she met my grandpa they, so funny. She was like, in this thing she wrote me, I found it just the other day. She was like, yeah, and I usually liked them dark and handsome and foreign and exotic, but you know, I didn't like those blue eyed, blonde hair Americans, but, <laughs> but something about the way he was looking at me during rehearsal had my heart beating very fast. Oh my gosh. <laughs> your grandma sounds like a hopeless romantic. <laughs> I mean, don't get your hopes up. They had a not always the healthiest relationship over the rest of their lives, but they did marry about three days later. So (laughs) three days later. (laughs) Yeah. There was this whole, you know, international bureaucratic process that I think it became official after, but he, he like asked her to marry him the night that they met. Oh my gosh. Um, so he loves that story. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's, it's interesting. They divorced at one point when my dad was 15 and got back together because they just couldn't, the the passion and the tension was too much. Oh my gosh. It sounds amazing. (laughs) It's a movie. It's a movie it is a waiting movie. to happen. Yeah, <laughs> it is. So after they married, they moved to Dallas when he got, when my grandpa got out of the military, grandpa Jack. So it was Nona and grandpa Jack. My grandma was Nona. Mm. That means grandmother in Italian. Mm-hmm. And they moved to, to Dallas and I don't know exactly how this started, but they, they became leaders in the new age movement in Dallas in mm. the fifties and sixties, maybe starting early sixties. So my grandpa did medical hypnosis, like worked with doctor's offices around Dallas. And my grandma did tarot, astrology and numerology readings. And she did this like until she died. Like I, I, every time I went over there, she had all of her, her stuffs and things. And, um, you know, I always had clients going in and out. I have an astrology, like a laminated detailed astrology chart from when I was born. This was like her gift to me. Yeah. And so, uh, she had walked away from the church at this point, but I just found out recently that she still raised my dad and my uncle Catholic. Like she, they got all their sacraments. They were yeah. baptized, confirmed first Holy communion, all of that. But that was it. So I was shocked when I heard this. Cause I had, I had yeah. never heard ever. Heard. I mean, if she went through the effort of doing that for all her children, it shows that some part of her still like believed and held on to that. Like they, mm-hmm. she still believed in the power of that, even if she rejected a lot of what she saw in the church. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I, I truly, I, I have to emphasize, I was shocked when I found this yeah. out because I had never heard anything, anything about Christianity spoken of favorably growing up. Yeah. Not once. Yeah. Um, maybe some from my grandma, on my other side, but I didn't take it seriously because my, so my, my dad became an atheist as a, presumably a result to all of this. And a lot of the trauma he went through as a kid with dysfunctional mm. parents and a dysfunctional family dynamic. And so when he and my, when my mom and my dad married, my mom had been very strong in her faith. Her mom was very strong in her faith, but maybe, maybe she was strong for where she was, but maybe, maybe not quite as mature as she could, she would have been to help her stay in it. And I say that because she ended up kind of walking away from it as well when she married my dad. And the way she explains it is that 
in hindsight, she realizes that she was trying to retroactively fit her spiritual beliefs into a paradigm that her new in-laws, who otherwise rejected her, would accept. And so all of this to say, the household I was raised in was, it really drove home to be suspicious of all organized, uh, all institutions really, Mm -hmm. especially organized religion Mm -hmm. and especially Christianity. It was, it was really implicitly, um, this idea was implicitly perpetuated to me and my brothers that if somebody needs God or needs to be Mm -hmm. Christian, there it's a crutch, you know, and maybe that crutch can be beautiful for some people, but it's, it's a crutch. Right. Which is, I think a lot of what I hear from people and I understand where they're coming from. Like I understand where that thought comes from, but that is like a very common sentiment now. It is, it is, which is why I bring it up because I know that I'm not alone there. So my mom, and there there were times when my mom wanted to bring me and my brothers to church and my dad Mm -hmm. would not allow it. I mean, he Mm -hmm. was really like, no, I'm not going to have my kids brainwashed and weak and they're going to be critical, independent thinkers. And we are, we were, are, (laughs) but uh, there was a price. Yeah. So Mm. to how this was implemented in my family. So, so my mom, you know, seeing that she was kind of trying to retroactively fit her spirituality into this acceptable box for her in-laws. She raised us with a, you know, we, we understood that Jesus was a real person. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, that whole son of God thing, yeah, it's just kind of silly. And we would, there were some Easter's we would paint eggs for Eoster or Ostara, the uh-huh. pagan holiday. Mm-hmm. Um, Beltane, I think, is another one that falls around mm-hmm, that time. Mm-hmm. And we would we would paint eggs and bury them, and we would leave food out for the fairies on solstices sol- during yeah. solstices. And uh, so I don't know. It was just kind of this like vague, it's kind of abstract, like hodgepodge of different spiritual traditions yeah. that was never, but, but really overall spirituality wasn't super emphasized. Um, so when we go to, when we'd go to my grandma's house, we would get our tarot cards read. We would, um, I don't know if she did palm readings, but she would do our numerology readings. And so anyway, this was yeah. all just very normal, yeah. you know, and it really, in hindsight, I can see that it cultivated the sense of pride that like, mm. Mm, I don't have to be one of those Christians. Like yeah. I haven't stooped to that level. I haven't, I haven't fallen for that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You're smarter than that. I'm smarter than that. Yeah. So there was definitely a sense of pride that was erected mm-hmm. around spirituality, but because we are all spiritual beings seeking truth and trying to find our home, um, I, I, I was always curious about religion and spirituality. And so, um, starting in middle school, really, well, really early high school, I would go to front to uh, church with friends regularly. And I remember hearing truth. Like mm. I, there was a certain degree of truth that I could, uh, that I was perceiving yeah. in the way that these families, my friends' families, the way that they operated and what their pastors were espousing, etc. But, you know, I was, I always felt that I was being presented with an incomplete puzzle mm-hmm. that I was being told was complete. And if I, you know, pointed out that there were pieces of the puzzle missing. Yeah. I was sort of implicitly slapped on the wrist, never cruelly, but it was sort of this like, what, what do you mean there? No, this is the whole story. Just accept Jesus into your heart. This yeah. is, this is it. You know, they, there were questions mm. that they just, they couldn't answer. Yeah. And, and they, they, they couldn't even acknowledge that there was 
validity to the questions I was asking, let alone answer them. I think that's so good, Jess. Like, I think that's so good because I think a lot of people, myself included, feel like that in church sometimes. Really? Because we're just given like these, we're, we're given pieces of a narrative or we're given sometimes people in church who grew up with the Bible, they're afraid to talk about other religions or like other powers or spirits or things like astrology, numerology, any of those things people are sometimes afraid to talk about because they don't understand them one or two they haven't read the whole bible or really fully understood the whole bible or they have trouble holding things in tension that there could be other there could be other powers and spirits and things out there and there might be some validity to astrology and numerology like that might actually there might be some truth there they can't hold that intention with the reality of Christ. Mm-hmm. And so it's really easy just to go to church and be like, Jesus loves you. Just read your Bible and be a good person. And it's all good. And like, mm-hmm. it's really easy to just accept like these couple big, um, what's the word I'm searching for? Like these, these punchy phrases, like these things that you just keep repeating over and over again. And you like, mm-hmm. be like, this is the whole thing. Just accept it and move on. Mm-hmm. Not everybody thinks critically. And it's really easy to just move through life when you have a crowd of people around you who are like you, who believe the same thing, who are relatively similar to you culturally. Um, you can just kind of move along with the crowd and never think critically. Yeah. So I think that's really good because you were coming from a different space than these people, like culturally, spiritually, all of this. And you had questions. You recognized truth in them, but there was also truth in what you came from. And you had questions and they couldn't answer or even acknowledge your questions. Mm -hmm. And that's a huge shortfall in a lot of churches and a lot of Christians is that we can't. We don't educate ourselves enough in the Bible. We aren't secure enough in our faith. We can't acknowledge any validity in other things, and we can't answer people's questions. And we get mad at people for asking questions, maybe because it's like, well, I don't know the I don't know the answer to that. So like, how dare you ask that? You know, like yeah. Like and you, maybe there's this threat by somebody yes, asking questions yes. to something that you've you've been able to comprehend at that level at which it was presented. You know, mm-hmm. and um, so some some examples of these questions were like, okay, well, uh, I, I was really was coming, I was. I was the narrative I was hearing yeah. is that God is this, um, for lack of better words, like a, almost like a computer programmer and mm. the program that he made, i.e. humans was broken. And so instead of just fixing it, he had to kill someone and now we, there's good and evil, but like, can't you just wipe out the evil if you're the programmer? Like I, I didn't, I Isn't just didn't it understand it. It doesn't make a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. So that, and then like, I'd hear about sins, our sins, our sins. Yeah. And like, okay, but by, by what authority is that even, is that even deemed a sin? What makes like, a sin a sin? Exactly. What if, if it feels good, why is it bad? Exactly. If humans are inherently good and we are, yes. even as a now Christian, I can say wholeheartedly, we are good. Um, but you know, if, if there's no more to the story, if we're good, inherently good, mm-hmm. not understanding yeah. the fall, et cetera, which and is a whole different sin all, Yeah. Like original sin, all these other things, then, then anything that I'm drawn to must be holy as well. Anything that appeals to me must also be mm. good and right and holy. The religion of following one's own desires. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But so they're just there. I just couldn't, it was never presented to me in a way that made sense. Um, so I just kind of walked away, you know, and, and so anyway, so this was middle school and early high school that I, I kind of got close actually real. I'm looking back on it now. I, I started to ask these questions and like really wanted to know, but I just, I felt thwarted, um, Mm. every which way I turned, I I went to a variety of different denomination, denominational churches with, with different friends and just, just kind of felt stumped with it all. And so walked away 
got really busy with school and whatnot. And, um, really, and, and I should add my brother and I both, um, so I, my brother that's closest in age to me, um, growing up, we both had a lot of supernatural experiences. We both Mm -hmm. lived in what you'd call haunted houses. And we both like would perceive something and then corroborate it later with each other that we perceived the same thing in the same part of the house or explain, give us some examples. So one example is, uh, uh, oh my gosh, there are so many, um, <laughs> the house we lived that we grew up in from when I was ages four to 12, mm-hmm. that was, it was definitely infested with something. Um, yeah. and we both, we, there was just an understanding between us after my parents divorced, we moved to my grandma's house and she had just divorced my grandpa and had bought the third oldest house in Plano, Texas, which that thing was absolutely infested. Yeah. We hate, we lived there for about six months and we hated it. My brother saw things visually. I, by the grace of God, never did. My memory, it, it's not, it's not always good, but it, it tends in the direction of being photographic. I just, I remember things in pictures. It doesn't mean mm-hmm. it's always a sharper memory. Yeah. Just to clarify. Yeah. Ah, sorry. Um, <laughs> And, uh, so, but I would, I would like perceive something and maybe, and sometimes I would, I would hear something and I would get this like mental image of a presence nearby. And later I'd talk to my brother and he would, he would corroborate having sensed the same thing, but he would have seen it visually. Yes. So, I mean, we would be standing together in the kitchen sometimes and just hear like giggling in the other room and we'd look at each other and be like, are all the Not TVs creepy off? at all. And all the TVs were off. Um, we would, I mean, just, just yeah, yeah, just on and on, on and on and on. Yeah. Um, Isn't it interesting that you were raised in a house where there was tarot reading and astrology and all this, you were so open to the spirit world. You were made so open to the spirit world so early and then you both grew up to have these very, you know. Mm-hmm. real experiences of perceiving other things. Yep. Yeah. I mean, one time we were staying at my great grandma's house and we would play musical beds each night, like just whatever room we felt like staying in. And, um, on this one particular trip to Colorado where she lived, I stayed in this one particular guest room. And I remember feeling like as I was falling asleep, just feeling a someone walk up and their face being about six inches from my face <laughs> And I was spooked and I just pulled the covers over my head with a tiny little breathing hole and tried to forget about it and go to sleep. And the next night, my brother stayed in that room. And when he woke up, he goes, dude, someone's in that room. They walked right up to my face. They were like six inches away, just like staring at me. And it was really freaking creepy. And I was like, yeah, I mean, that kind of thing happened yeah. all the time. You'd be like, yeah, me too. I just, if I were your brother, I would be so traumatized. Like I would have freaked out right out of that room. Like, yeah. Yeah. So, so it, for him, it was stronger, but it yeah. was so or it is currently yeah. still stronger. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so that kind of thing just happened all the time. And so, so yeah, it's kind of setting, kind of setting the scene there. We, we always had this extra sensory mm-hmm. thing going on and so fast forward middle school and high school, I, I start asking these questions as I'm, you know, being exposed to Christianity, which I, I had never been exposed to really growing mm-hmm. up. Um, I'm hearing some degree of truth, but, um, it's not, it, it's not quite scratching the itch. It's not yeah. quite it and cultural Christianity. Yeah. And also, um, there was a lot of prosperity gospel where I grew up. Mm-hmm. So, um, <laughs> grew up in the Bible belt. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this whole manifestation yes. thing, which is mm-hmm. occultic in nature, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. it 
there are prosperity, those who tout the prosperity gospel and it's like, oh, well, manifestation is just Jesus Christ, you know, and it's, Mm -hmm. there's just something off about it. I couldn't quite put my finger on it, but it was like, they, they lived in these ritzy houses and we didn't grow up wealthy, but I grew up peripheral to wealthy neighborhoods. Yes. And, um, they, they, they lived these ritzy lives, but I, I just, there was just, there seemed Mm. to be a disparity between how they lived and what they claimed to believe and how they actually treated others around them. So anyway, yeah. Yeah. So that was high school. And then I just kind of walked away. I got really busy. Um, and I really think that I was, I was, I was excruciatingly busy for many years. I started, I became financially independent at 19. My dad passed away when, Mm. uh, when I was 13. And so, um, as soon as I went to college and his inherit, his pretty meager inheritance had run out, um, paying for school was Mm -hmm. on me. And so I was very, very busy, which actually in hindsight was a blessing. Mm -hmm. Um, because I think being so rooted in the material world with just things that I had to take care of to survive protected me to a degree from this occult activity and proclivity Mm -hmm. that I had been born into. Yeah. And that was until graduate school when oddly enough, things kind of calmed down. My, um, I was a teaching assistant in grad school and that paid for that portion of my education. And uh, oddly enough, the workload was a little bit lighter than it was in undergrad. So I was less busy. Yeah. And at the same time I moved into this house, which had been built in 1926. (laughs) And that thing was once again, it was infested. So I've once again found myself in an infested house yeah. and had kind of had, was confronted with these senses being turned back on, you know, that I had not had to, that I had not dealt with in a long time. So there was this, this house that we, that I moved into my first year of grad school and it was a, it was a restructured, it was, it was a barn. It was a, so when I moved into it, it was part B of a duplex, mm. but it was a part B was a standalone barn yeah. that had been the barn to the main house, but had been reconfigured to be livable. Yeah. So I moved in and long story short, I, if you've ever seen Courage the Cowardly Dog yes, and there's, you know, the old grandpa, mm-hmm. old grumpy yeah. grandpa, he's kind of hunched over and yeah. he has the yeah. glasses and he's like, yeah. um, <laughs> I... I had, again, I never saw anything visually once again, by the grace of God. Thank you, God. I I had this sense that that grandpa (laughs) was standing in the corner of my bedroom and subconsciously I, um, I like, instead of unpacking when we moved in, Uh I just pushed all my boxes and belongings up in that corner and I slept with the light on. Mm -hmm. Um, the guy I was dating at the time, I would just try to go be at his house instead. And yeah. I just, I just really did everything I could to avoid that house generally. And yeah. especially my bedroom. So one night, again, I'll, I'll make this, this part brief, but one night my I dog, mean, it's a good story. Just talk about it. I want to hear it. We all want to hear it. Jess, we want to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many rabbit holes I could go down with this larger story that I'm trying to like keep it yeah, yeah. you know, contained. But so one night my dog who is He's a Shiba Inu Chow Chow mix, and which if you know anything about either of those brands, he brands <laughs> breeds. breeds. Um, he that's what we suspect anyway. He's a rescue, but he very seldom barks. Like if he barks, yeah. something is wrong. And uh, so one night in this, it was like maybe a week and a half after I'd moved in, he starts barking like crazy up in my bedroom, mm-hmm. and I just had this chill go over me. Um, and mind you, a few days before that, I had been in the living room mm-hmm. with my that boyfriend at the time 
And I had looked over in the corner of the living room next to the uh, laundry room and I'd said, hey, do you feel like there's an old woman standing by the laundry room staring at us? <laughs> and he was like, no. Like, <laughs> you're crazy. I was like, okay. Whatever. He's like, should we be dating? I don't know. <laughs> He's questioning his life choices. <laughs> and uh, so that had happened. Yeah. And then a few days later, Finn starts freaking out. And I I felt, I, I just, my blood went cold. The hair on the back of my neck stood mm-hmm. up. I walked out onto the porch. And I don't even remember what we ended up doing that night. I think maybe I dropped Finn off my brothers and went to stay with this guy or I don't even remember, but I did not stay in that house that yeah. night. And the next morning I called my apartment building and, or my leasing, uh, office. And I was like, Hey, um, and I worked the way I worded it was so goofy, but I remember so specifically, I was like at the peril of sounding like a kook, um, <laughs> has anybody ever called you and complained about this place being haunted? And they were like, We'll get back to you. <laughs> like, like, hang up. It's happened again. <laughs> or they were like, this chick and unit B is crazy. I, well, I feel like you couldn't be the only one, but I don't know. I don't know. Well, that night I get a call. And <laughs> I get a call from a guy who's like, hey, uh, this, so I'd called them in the morning, late morning. And that evening I get a call and they were like, the, this guy, he was like, hey, I hear you're having some issues with your house. And I was like, oh yeah, there's some black mold under the sink. Thinking yeah. he's like a normal maintenance yeah. guy, yeah. right? He was like, um, no, I heard something about a ghost. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Lay in my head, I'm like, they took me seriously? Like what? Somebody listened. And he was like, I was in the office when, he's like, I do um, air conditioning. I, I work on the AC mm-hmm. units that of all the properties that this office manages, I happen to be in the office and I'm all, I'm actually a shamanic practitioner on the side. And I heard you, I heard them discussing your phone call. <laughs> and I offered my services. So I was like, okay, great. Uh, when can you come over? And in my head, I'm like, this yeah. guy, he's probably going to charge us $300. Yeah. And you know, and I, I was a broke grad student. I didn't have that money, but I was like, I, I'll put it on my credit card. I don't even know. I'll figure yeah, it out. You yeah. know, I just, I was that desperate to, yeah. to, cause I was like, we just leased this place. I had a whole year left. So he come and and I also, so I, I planned to pay him money. And I also had a roommate stay with me, um, just in case he was creepy. Mm-hmm. He wasn't, he was a great guy. Yeah. And I also didn't tell him all the details. I was just like, yeah, yeah there's, there's something in my house. You know, I didn't what he says. And yeah, yeah, I didn't want to spoon feed him, you know, and have him be like, yeah. Oh yeah. It was that thing that you told me about uh, yeah, you know, in that corner give me money. Yeah. Yeah. So I was very vague yeah. and I had someone with me. So he gets there and he has all these tools and he like addresses these way lines and hammers like copper into the corners of the yard to redirect the way lines. And then he goes, he sages, smudges the house. So he takes yeah. sage and like cleans out the energy. Yeah. And then he takes this utensil that like bobs up and down in response to uh-huh. picking up on something. Yeah. And he goes through the house and he gets to the corner by the laundry room in the living room. And he turns to my roommate and he says, did you have a grandmother pass away recently? And I was like, uh, man, I, I, I didn't really want to be right about that, yeah. but okay. Um, <laughs> and so that was the first yeah. flag. Then he gets up to my room and he gets to that corner. And I, again, I had not told him anything specific yeah. about the location of where I'd sensed things. I hadn't even said that part out loud, uh, to anybody. He gets to that corner and he go. he turns to me and he goes, there is an old man 
He has a deep emotional attachment to this house. And I was like, is he hostile? And he was like, um, I wouldn't say hostile. I would say territorial. <laughs> he, he's like, he's watching. He yes. doesn't like that you're here. He's watching. <clears throat> and I was like, oh, uh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I really didn't want you to reaffirm my <laughs> yeah. there. Yeah. So he does that. And then he. Oh my gosh. Now understanding what I know, I'm like, I had no, I should have just called on the name of Jesus, (laughs) but he did this thing. He like sent him to the light and he was like, yeah, you're gonna, um, and then he didn't charge me anything. And so, and he was like, yeah, you're now he's gone. He, I sent him to the light as if that's any individual Mm -hmm. person on earth's power to do. Um, and you know, he, you will now have the 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 room to infuse this place with your own energy. He's like, yes. you'll probably be sad to leave this place because he's like, you you can now make this place your own, yeah. basically. And so anyway, so that happened, and I was like, okay, well, <laughs> cool. well, that I really think was like a moment. I didn't realize it at the time, and it would mm-hmm. take quite a while for me to understand what I had participated in. But mm-hmm. I I have come to believe that that was um. I had handed over authority to something I didn't understand with mm. that, with that interaction, whole interaction situation, inviting a shamanic practitioner in to work with you and your energies and these other things that were yep. in your space. Yep. Yeah. So I didn't pay with money, but mm. I paid with something. Yeah. So, and these, these call them demons, call them and call them dark inter- interdimensional beings, whatever they, other spiritual beings, other spiritual beings. They're smarter than we are. Like they, know how to bide their time. They're very, yeah. ob- they can observe us very acutely. And so the, you know, just because something's not sensational immediately doesn't mean they're not playing a long game. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so fast forward to 2022, this was when a, a series of really, really the inciting incidents occurred. Mm. I had started smoking weed, a lot of it. Yes. Um, this the is the stoniest stoner I ever knew. The stoniest stone, stoner stone was ever yes. stoned. <laughs> uh, I don't do anything half-ass. So yeah. it's we, we had some fun though. <laughs> we did have some fun. I kind of miss that just sometimes. I kind of miss a it little too. bit. I mean, I'd, I'd be lying if I say I didn't yeah. miss it sometimes. Yeah. But uh, okay. this, okay. so this had this had started because my grandmother, my de- my mom's mom, who I was very close to, she was the matriarch of our family. She had passed away unexpectedly, and I was of a a brain aneurysm Mm -hmm. and I was on her beds at her bedside when she passed away and it was very Mm -hmm. traumatic. Yeah. So, and up to this point I hadn't, I had maybe tried weed like twice, but I I was in the air force reserves. I was always a very busy student and working and I just never was able to like, I don't know, go through the normal teenage process. If you want to even call it Mm -hmm. that of like (laughs) figuring out, exploring whatever. So I did not know how to have a healthy relationship with it. Yeah. So I started smoking in response to her passing away. Yeah. My brother was like, hey, this will help you out. And I was like, I don't know. Nothing will help me out. She's gone. Ah." Yeah. And sure enough, it did. It did for a minute kind of help me navigate that Um, for better or worse. Who knows? That's beyond the scope of this conversation. Mm -hmm. But at some point, I really took it too far. And I was smoking frequently. I was smoking high THC concentrations. And I was I was really just obliterating my sensitivity <laughs> rapidly to be fair like 
we're, we're not anti-weed. I'm not anti-weed at all. But there, during that period of your life, I was there. And there were there was a period where I feel like I rarely saw you not high. Mm. Honestly. Like, the, like, if you weren't high, you were about to get high. Probably. Yeah. 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 I took... I took my stoner life very seriously for Jess a while. does everything to the max, which is sometimes good and, <laughs> and sometimes, sometimes it's not destructive. <laughs> Absolutely. So I had also quit my, my corporate job at this point. Yeah. So which this, was a good move. It was a good move an absolutely necessary move, but it was a move and mm-hmm. I needed something to fill that time with. And so what did I fill that time with while well, my husband was deployed and I was newly not working THC. <laughs> so, uh, and I'm certain if we have any stoners listening or former stoners, I don't think it's that outlandish to say weed. It has, it, it is a psychedelic. It's on the milder side as far as psychedelics go, but it has a psychedelic effect. It can't it have a psychedelic effect. It does. Actually, there are researchers who classify it as a psychedelic mm. and I, but I don't think it's that outlandish to say that it can open doors yes yeah yeah no, not we're not anti-weed as no we we're before. not no i hope that's we, clear we're we not participate but i don't anymore, you don't but. anymore but but something that lowers your guard maybe a little bit or relaxes your mind or op- maybe opens your mind to other things can lead you into places that might not be good or safe especially if you're someone who like jess is very already sensitive to those things you know you're already very in touch with things beyond our 3d you know mm-hmm. visible world Weed is just going to lower your inhibitions and your barriers and maybe make you a little bit vulnerable. Yep. If that's, yep. I don't know if you feel the same. I feel like that's fair to say. I think that's about how I would summarize it as yeah. well. So, and I, I think we should do a whole episode. We're going to do but... a whole episode on weed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey guys, Jess here. I just wanted to pop in real quick with something that I forgot to mention when we recorded this. And that is that the priest at my home church recently told me that Uh, When he does house blessings and when he used to perform exorcisms back in Nigeria before he moved to the States, uh, the first thing he asks or would ask upon entering the home is whether there's any substance abuse occurring, in particular marijuana. So I found this super interesting um, and it kind of corroborates what I've come to believe about weed based on my experience, which I'll get to later in this episode. Um, Another thing is that my Italian grandmother I mentioned, Nona, used to smoke before meeting with clients for divination readings as a means of helping her to more easily communicate with her clients, quote unquote, spirit guides. So I just wanted to add that real quick. Thank you for hearing me out. Back to it. But anyway, (laughs) let it suffice for now to say that Jess was opening doors that Jess did not understand or even realize that she was opening. Jess was flinging open doors left and right. Because with all of this time that I now had on my hands, I started dabbling in occult activities again. So I started, got back on the divination train i was using my pendulums and yes i was learning how to use tarot cards i'd never learned how to use tarot myself Um, i learned about astrology during this time all of these all of these occult tools i was i got very serious about learning how to use so again chicken or egg was i incentivized to start playing with these things because of the weed or did the i don't know yeah but anyway regardless it was a it was a tangled web Mm -hmm. that led you somewhere yeah yeah so that the, the beginner of stoner Jess was late 2021, and it, I got serious about my stoner life early 2022. <laughs> Quit my job March 2022, and uh, went. My husband was deployed at the time. Uh, my mom and my little brother came to visit me in New Mexico, and from there we took a little trip to Santa Fe. So 
Mind you, <laughs> the amount that religion was on my radar at this point was zero. Religion, Jesus, any anything that even came close to dogma was not only... It, I mean, I was still operating from this place of that's silly and goofy, mm-hmm. but it wasn't even on my radar. Yeah. So we get to Santa Fe. We park outside. We, the only available parking we could find downtown was outside of the Cathedral of St. Francis. If anybody's been there, it's beautiful. It is, yeah. And so we're walking by, and I was like, Mom, we should pop into the cathedral, just as a as tourists, you know, because it's beautiful. So we go into the cathedral, and I, I did not know anything about Catholic doctrine. and or, Catholics believe that Jesus is physically present in every Catholic church. I didn't know any of this, okay? I just knew I walked in, and I was like, whoa. <laughs> so were I, you high when you walked in? I don't remember. I don't. I, I mean, curious, yeah. even if I wasn't, even in that if you moment, wasn't, it would still. Yeah, I was not sober-minded generally because yeah. I was smoking so frequently at that point yeah. that it almost didn't even matter. So, um, we're going through the cathedral, and there's just this like reverence, kind of like I'd stepped into this mm. like like really beautiful old library. You know, this like feeling of like just quiet awe. Yeah, you know. So we're going through, and there are these sculptures. Uh, that are hung on the wall and they're of the stations of the cross, which if anybody has a Christian background, you probably know what that is. I did not. I just knew there were these pretty sculpture things. But what the stations of the cross depict is Jesus's last 12 or so hours, 24 hours maybe on earth. So from when he's praying in the garden before his crucifixion, um, then when he's when he's arrested and then when he's being tortured and then he's carrying his cross and then he is crucified. So I knew, obviously, when he was being crucified, I was like, yeah, that's when he died. But I didn't know, like, the series that this was depicting, right? So I meet back up with my mom and my brother at some point after this. And my little brother, he was 11 at the time, and he was like, mom, what are these? And she was like, well, this this series depicts Jesus's last few hours on earth. And it was, they they beat him and they tortured him and um, they made him carry his own cross. And he fell and uh, somebody had to help him. Mm-hmm. And then they, then they hung him. And I, this feeling just came over me like, that's love. Hmm. I had no concept of where I stood about this whole <laughs> son of God thing that I did yeah. none of that. All yeah. I knew was that even if this Jesus guy was crazy and there's nothing yeah. to this story of redemption as Christians espouse it. That was love. Even if it's just what he mm. believed he was doing, yeah. it was still an act of love. Yeah. Right. It doesn't change the fact or the power of that. Yeah. The love. Yeah. So then I forgot about it and we moved on and went out to dinner and whatever and didn't think about it again for a while. Mm. Um, so that was March, 2022. So fast forward, I get into some things with some people that I shouldn't have some, I, I had this um, community of witches that I collaborated with that, you know, we were teaching each other things and, and just flinging doors open left and right that we didn't understand. And um, so I, I, point being, I stepped deeper into the occult without yeah. really understanding yeah. what I was stepping deeper into. Right. So over the next couple of months, I'm reading grimoires. I'm really... Can you can you explain what grimoires are for those who may not know? It's like a... a book of witchcraft, a book of spells, yeah. a book of how yeah. to engage in these 
practices, mm-hmm. right? Which is a guidebook. Kind I, of. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I'm like really finessing my, my abilities to do divination, to do mm-hmm. ugh, whatever, reaching out to my spirit guides, yeah. getting to know yeah. them. Yeah. And, um, sorry, that's not to do this. Yeah. One. Just, yeah. Um, you say that now because you you came out of kind of a scary experience with that. So for you, even talking about this stuff kind of brings up some like scary memories for you. So it's not like, you know, at yeah. the time it was, it was beautiful. You were searching. It was good in your mind at that time. It felt good. Yes. So that was over the next couple of months. So then the next moment was Easter Sunday. Yeah. 2022. Now, mind you. I had just, I, and I, I was stepping deeper into sin too. Again, I didn't think of it as sin at the time. I was thinking of it as liberation and f- following my truth and my, mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. humans are good and therefore anything we desire and that anything that we feel called to engage in is also good, right? Mm-hmm. Not necessarily the case, but I didn't understand this. So I'm emerging from this particularly concentrated, this period of particularly concentrated sin, so to speak. Yeah. And so on Easter Sunday, I'm in Dallas and visiting my aunt and uncle. And I get in the car to drive back to New Mexico, pick up the dogs, you know, get back to my life um, on Easter Sunday. Now, to me, this was just any other day. My, We had celebrated Easter as kids, just secularly, you know, mm-hmm. But as an adult, I hadn't even really done that. It was just another day. Yeah. Maybe acknowledged it on some level if we got that Monday off. That was about yeah. the extent yeah. of it, right? Well, I'm driving, and I I had been really intrigued by trees up to yes. this point for a few months, like obsessively taking pictures. I remember. Pictures. I loved this face. <laughs> if anybody followed Jess' Instagram at this point, there were a lot of tree pictures. They were good, though. They were good pictures of trees. Well, thank you. Uh, I was I was getting real into how to edit them, and I was like, oh, I guess I'm a nature photographer now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you were getting all the different angles. Was I like, was tree, tree, tree. <laughs> I was taking it very seriously. I would take my dog yeah. on walks. I'm sure the neighbors were like, oh, there's that, there's that girl again. <laughs> so I would stop and be like, ooh, ah. You know? um, so I the tree I had just I had this thing with trees, yeah. right? Trees are cool, man. Trees are cool, and they they speak to us. They yeah. they do. God's yeah. creation. They will speak to us. I believe it. So, um, and I had, so I'd heard this podcast a few months back because I'd gotten real into the trees and I'd been watching Outlander. So I was real inspired to (laughs) delve into plant medicine. I was like, Ooh, I'm going to be like Claire with all the plants. What what is that season? She starts really getting into that in like season three or four, maybe from the very beginning. I think it's from the, actually mostly season one. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm. yeah. (laughs) And, uh, so I'd listened to this podcast and one of the things that, and they, they were all, which like witchcraft podcasts, like plant, uh, plant medicine, kitchen, witch type podcasts. But one of them in particular, this, the lady being interviewed, she was like, yeah, you know, if there's ever a plant that's really speaking to you Mm. and you don't know why, or you don't know what this plant has to offer, you can ask it. Yeah. What it's trying to tell you. Yeah. The key is that you have to relax it is suspend any, um, skepticism you have to you have to trust that you'll receive your answer and um not judge the way in which the answer arrives yeah and i remember thinking okay i hear truth there but like that sounds really advanced for me so whatever <laughs> sounds, sounds really kooky that sounds a little <laughs> kooky little you know yeah yeah well i'm driving and it was on easter sunday fast forward to easter sunday and i'm driving and the trees were loud this day this is the best yeah. way i can explain it yeah. i mean i was 
clear blue sky. They were just coming into bloom that time of year. Mm-hmm. It was just me on the road. Yeah. And I, I was, I was either stopping every five minutes or so to take a picture, like get out of my car and take a picture, or I was fighting the urge to do so. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was like obnoxious. Yeah. So finally I was like, what is going on? Like, this is, this is weird, like ridiculous. So I remembered this podcast. <laughs> I was like, I was like, okay, you know what? You're all by yourself. There's nobody else. There's not even anybody else on the road. And like, you have nothing to lose by just like trying it. You know, just nobody has to know. the trees for a minute. Heart to heart with the trees. So I just sort of like, I'm sitting behind my driving wheel. I'm just dri- driving, driving. Yeah. And I just sort of vaguely gestured. What? <laughs> to the trees. <laughs> And I was like, okay, uh, I did that. All right, moving on. And I did, I just, I yeah. really forgot that I even did yeah. it. And, yeah. um, so I pull up Spotify on my, on my phone or on my Apple CarPlay. Now, usually when I listen to music, especially during this era, cause I was so creative, you know, yeah. I, would, I yeah. listen to like a few songs that I want to create an aerial routine to. Yeah. And I choreograph in my head yeah. and that's how I listen to music. It's like a really yeah. catchy song that makes me want to dance and like, yeah, uh-huh. you know, you know, yeah, I get it girl. I get it. And so I had, I had had my pole playlist going or my aerial playlist going. Well, I pulled up Spotify. I don't know if maybe I'd closed it, but I pulled it back up and I just, I never did this, but I just decided to pull up the first Spotify generated playlist that popped up on my home screen, which yeah. happened to be a band that I hadn't listened to since I was like in my early twenties. Yeah. It was Celtic woman, <laughs> but I was, I hadn't listened to them in a long time and I'd never did this thing where I just list, picked a Spotify yeah. generated yeah. one. So I was like, I was like, I just went for it. Well, the first or second song to come up is called a spaceman came traveling. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I'd heard the song so many times before, but it had been a while. And there's this one part I'm driving, driving along and I'm just jamming a spaceman came traveling. Okay, whatever. And then there's this part where it says when 2000 years of your time has gone by, the song will begin once again. And the whole thing is about like this angel alien thing comes and hovers over a shed where a mother had just given birth to a beautiful baby. Uh And everybody in the village hears the music and they gather around the the shack and, uh, and then the angel mm-hmm. says, you know, when 2000 years of your time has gone by, the song will begin once again. The song mm-hmm. indicating this baby's yeah. birth. Yeah. And I'm not here to remark on the theological accuracy of that yeah. song. Okay. But <laughs> that's not important. That's not important. But what did catch my attention was, huh, that sounds like the second coming. And then I was like, no, no, I've heard the song so many times. If it was an allegory for the second coming, I would have caught that before. Yeah. yeah. Arrogance. Yeah. You know, so smart. I would have noticed that. Well, I couldn't get it out of my head. I, I kept listening to the song. And then later in the song, it says, I, I, when I listened to it again earlier in the song, it says, um, where a mother and child were lying there on a bed. Da, da, da. And it just, I was like, this sounds, that sounds like the second coming. Okay. I'm just going to look it up. So sounds I like Jesus. Over. Yeah. So of Jesus. Yeah. There, there's biblical echoes here. Yes. And I was not someone who like believed in the second coming, right? At all. It was not even on my radar. So I pull over and I Google this song and it turns out this song was written in like the seventies, I think. And it was an allegory for the second coming. Mm -hmm. And I was like, huh? And then it, I, I, this thought pops into my head. That's what the trees were trying to tell you. (laughs) And this wasn't like a thought, like it, 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 it was like, it was like a, it was like this thought came from beyond me. It, yes. 
Yeah. And as soon as that popped into my head, this, the best I can explain it is this feeling of warmth and love. It is the most piercing, Mm. beautiful, intense feeling of love just erupted in my chest and radiated outward. Like the love that you saw when you went into that cathedral in Santa Fe. Yeah. Like, yep. And I just started weeping there on the side of the road Mm. by myself Mm. with the trees. (laughs) And so I was like, okay, that, okay. So there must be something to this Jesus thing. I guess the second coming's real. Yeah. That was where I landed. Okay. Yeah. So fast forward. Um, this it's not things spiritual are not linear. So it wasn't like I became a Christian in that moment. I just, I did have, but I did have Jesus on my radar. Yeah. So over the next few months, I get deeper into the occult. At one point, I did this divination ritual where I, I, I felt something palpably enter my, I don't even know how to explain it. Like my, mm. my aura, my, mm-hmm. my psyche, my, something came too close yeah. and I didn't know what to do about it. I didn't know. I, I didn't know where to do. I felt unsafe, like yeah. suddenly in my own yeah. space and my own body. That's, I want to pause and like note, like you had an encounter with Jesus and like Jesus is like that side of spirituality and you felt love and warmth and light. And you had an encounter with a not so good <laughs> other, a spirit from somewhere else. And you felt fear and unsafe. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yes, the juxtaposition of the yes. two is really should have tipped hindsight sooner, 2020 but. doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm, so I'm, I'm walking deeper in the occult, right? So I'm, I'm still reading my grimoires. I'd have to do this ritual where I feel something enter. And then I do a different, I do more divination. I was like, am I safe? And the thing was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> will you describe? Okay. So I'm sure we, we probably have people listening who are very familiar with divination, but will you describe what divination is just briefly for those who don't understand what you might be doing there? Okay. Briefly. Yeah. It's, um, you use a, I mean, there are different yes. methods of conducting divination. What I did is I used a pendulum. Oh, I don't, don't even, don't get any ideas. Don't do it. Don't do this at home, kids. <laughs> <laughs> but I took a pendulum and there were, I, I was wearing these crystal necklaces yeah. all the time. So usually it was just a necklace. Sometimes I would take a ring and put it yeah, you know, on, on a, a string or something. or something. Um, and you, you call in your spirit guides or the spirit guides of the person about whom you're asking questions. Mm-hmm. And you ask them to show you yes, show you no. If you want a more complex answer, you draw a diagram with like, like a, pie, a pie mm-hmm, chart with mm-hmm. different segments of the pie being different answers. And then you ask them a question mm-hmm. and then it'll tell you the answer. Yeah. It's, it's like, there's a piece of paper on the table and you're holding this crystal on a string straight down. So like you are not creating any movement and you ask for an answer. And if it's really work, like if it's really working, the crystal will move in a very obvious way that yeah. is not, which sounds really creepy. Some people are probably very familiar with this for people who aren't familiar with this or don't believe in this kind of thing. When you witness it, it's very difficult to deny that something is happening there. Yeah. So yeah, I'm not here to convince that it's what's really happening to yeah. those who are skeptical because it is. And yeah. so, but just to have a mental picture in your mind of what yeah. these kind of things are. Yep. So in response to feeling this thing enter me or my space, I, I don't yeah. come too close. I did divin- I asked the pendulum, am I safe? <laughs> asked the entity, <laughs> yes. am I safe? And it was like, yes, of course you're safe. <laughs> course, I'm right here, I- baby. <laughs> I got you girl. (laughs) So after that, but, but I had Jesus on my radar now. So I was, I was getting deeper into spirituality and it was a hodgepodge, but suddenly Jesus was on my radar. So Jesus has entered the chat. He has entered the chat. He was there the whole time. He was just, you know, 
I don't know, wait until the right moment, I guess. I don't know. So then uh, over the next couple months, I'm still reading my grimoires. I start reading the Gnostic Gospels. And if you know, if anybody here knows anything about the Gnostic texts, they're, um, they're non-canonical texts. Um, non-canonical meaning they're not, they were not included, included in the canon of the Bible. So, Mm -hmm. um, they, they're extra canonical books and really what they do is they paganize Jesus again, whole other conversation, but that's what they do. They turn Jesus into this, they, they create a version of Jesus that is Oh, he came to show us how to ascend. He came to show, he Mm -hmm. essentially act as a blueprint for becoming God ourselves. Mm -hmm. Some, and that that can be, that narrative can be, uh, can manifest in a myriad of ways, but that's what the Gnostic Gospels do. But they're about Jesus, technically. But they kind of kept what I liked about paganism, you know? Yeah, yeah. I'm also reading Hindu texts, the Vedic texts at this Mm -hmm. point, as well as the regular Gospels. So over the next few months, I'm reading this hodgepodge of spiritual material because I'm like, okay, well, the Christians give all this authority to the Bible, but like nobody seems able to answer the question of who even canonized the Bible. So, you know, if they tell me, if these Christians tell me the Bible's all, you know, the, the only authority I need, but well, why, what about these extra books that they didn't even include? And if they're telling me not to read them, they're the first ones I'm going to read. What are yeah. they trying to hide? Yeah. So this is very suspicious, yeah. Yeah. coming from a very suspicious, prideful place. Um, and, and, and so I'm reading all these esoteric texts along with the the Bible, but what I'm really trying to do is superimpose this paganized esoteric Mm -hmm. version of Jesus that was compatible with all these other traditions. Mm -hmm. So I thought onto the gospels, you know, so anyway, so that goes on for a few months. I'm just kind of, you know, getting deeper and deeper. And then September, 2022 comes and I get this message mm-hmm. from beyond. So it must be good because it's from beyond, <laughs> yes. right? Yeah. That I'm being initiated. Yeah. I didn't know what this meant at first. Yeah. Okay. But what, what I now know is that I was being initiated into a, 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 a line of the occult. So if you think of the occult, the occult is such a, a broad term, but if you think of the of, of occultism, when you think of occultism, think of a giant multi-tiered labyrinth. Okay. When you step into this labyrinth, you get this like feeling of, um, excitement, like almost like, uh, like butterflies in your stomach. Like you're you're, you're about to discover something. You're unlocking mysteries here. You're unlocking mysteries. Yeah. There are different rooms. There are different wings, dimension. I mean, and it, and it's experienced differently by everyone, but that's, that's kind of, if I had to summarize with a mental image, that's the occult. Mm-hmm. So, and there are different compartments and mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So I was being, I was, I was told I was being initiated. And during this time, I'm learning how to pray sort of mm-hmm. to Jesus, but I yeah. still didn't want to call him Jesus, the Jesus of Christianity. So... I learned this version of Jesus, this Gnostic version of Jesus, who's also found actually in um, the Vedic texts, um, who goes by a different name. Mm-hmm. And the idea is that it's the spirit being mm-hmm. that it ha- that um, embodied Jesus, mm-hmm. Jesus of Nazareth, the spirit being. But the spirit yeah. being was older than Jesus of Nazareth, and he was also the spirit being that incarnated into 
other world teachers. So they kind of dilute Jesus to being just another of a series of world teachers. And so anyway, so, so I thinking I'm special for being let in on this secret about the real identity of Jesus. I, I'm, I'm effectively deceived into praying to Satan is what happened. Yeah. Didn't believe it. Satan at the the time. Um, Mm -hmm. so just for what that's worth. Didn't even like the term Satan. At the didn't time. even like the term Satan. Yeah. Didn't like the term demon. Didn't like, yeah. you know, I believed in interdimensional beings, but it didn't view it as like this organized, like, yeah. you know, binary of kingdoms. Mm-hmm. Um, I just kind of wanted to think of it as like this hodgepodge yeah. of good, you know, general good is battling general darkness and whatever. And so during this time, I hear the voice of God audibly one time, one time. It's mm-hmm. the only time I've ever heard the voice of God audibly because he had to, he had to, he had to get through to me. <laughs> and after that, other things started yeah. trying to imitate that voice. Mm-hmm. And during this time I had lost my appetite mm-hmm. for it, my appetite had been going down for a few months up to this point. But when at the moment of my initiation, my there, there are multiple rounds of initiation, but during my first initiation, my appetite went pretty much went away. Yeah. I mean, I was real thin. Yeah. Um, my cheekbones were cut in glass and I was like, Ooh, yeah, <laughs> see my rib cage and yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah. I was like, there's a moment where it just looked like peak physical fitness. And then I was like, okay, this is getting kind of weird. It like, passed beyond whatever. peak physical leanness to like emaciation. Yeah. For pretty, a period. pretty quickly. Yeah. So not an eating disorder, just you were so in your head and so into these spiritual things that you had no desire for food at this point. No, it was like food made me nauseous. Yeah. Like, yeah. like literally I, my appetite was okay. manipulated. Yeah. I, I'd given authority to something yeah. that I didn't understand that did not have my best interest in mind. And I'd given them authority to manipulate me on a cellular level. And it was weakening you. It was weakening me oh. on every level. Yeah. So anyway, so all of that to say they, I'm, I'm weak. I am, I'd been spoken to by God once and then, but I, I was so, I was rapidly declining, um, spiritually because I was, I was, what these spirit beings had to mm-hmm. offer me was mm-hmm. like a spiritual narcotic. Mm. So yeah. I, you know, I'd been for, for a little while, it was like after the Easter thing, I was kind of dabbling in this and that. And I, I was walking deeper in the occult, but I was starting to ask some real hard questions about Jesus, but my, my pride was still getting in the way. And so the fact that I was, the fact that I was asking these questions about Jesus so genuinely, mm-hmm. and the fact that I was going about all the spiritual stuff so naively, mm-hmm. both of those made me targets yeah, and made me particularly yeah. vulnerable to the deception using means that I had just offered them. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, and so they, so for a couple weeks, um, this, this all culminated late October, October 23rd, 2022. Um, so for the couple weeks leading up to that, I was getting these downloads, download after download. I was, effectively hearing voices, but they weren't always audible. And if anybody has engaged in the occult, you know what I mean by downloads. It's more than intrusive thoughts. It's more than just your own organic thoughts. It's like, it's like a clear thought that is not from you. And you would never think to put together yourself just enters your head and it's a download. So I was getting all these downloads and I, some of the downloads that I started getting were 
and 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 downloads that were corroborated by other things that because they can speak mm-hmm. to you through mm-hmm. media through other people i mean yeah these things are much synchronicity. cleverer. Synchronicities. Yes. These things are much cleverer than we yes. want to give them credit for because we want to think we're the cleverest. We're not. Um, <laughs> but they they start they start perpetuating this idea yeah. that it's holy to. Um, there are things that you might have to do that are holy, mm-hmm. and it'll be your version of what Jesus had to go through. Yeah. In order, so if you want to. If you want to step into Christ consciousness, there are going to be really hard things that are going to be asked of you, just like something was really hard was asked of Jesus. Mm-hmm. So if you want to be like Jesus, you better listen. Mm-hmm. That was, a, that was yeah. really the message. Yeah. So for, the, for, about, for a few weeks, but really heavily for about two weeks leading up to the culmination of it all, I start getting these messages that, you know, even the Buddha had to leave his family to, yeah. to serve God. Right. I had this astrology app at one point that I had turned, I had, I had turned notifications off and like, mm-hmm. it never, I, I didn't even like that app because it was Western. I was all into Vedic astrology yeah. at that point. <laughs> um, and that, that app pinged me, which was weird. And it said, even if you and your husband, um, aren't meant to be long-term, there are still lessons to be gleaned from this. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't, I wasn't like biting off on these, yeah. you know, it was just kind of weird. Cause I was, I thought my husband and I were tight and great. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. Like I thought we were doing great, but they were priming me to think there was something I was going to have to do. So I was being primed with these messages that, yeah. you know, basically there's, there might be something I would have to do for my initiation. Yeah. So during this time I was, I had really developed the savior complex. I was getting really involved in community service, which is great, but I was treating, I was coming at it from the wrong approach. I was treating it as if, mm-hmm. um, it was my job to save the world mm-hmm. and it was my husband's job to save me. So I was the world savior. My husband is my savior. Mm. That's important. Tomorrow, I do to think note. that's important, but I also think maybe there's a lot of women who fall into that trap because women are very empathetic. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people, I think yes. currently, um, yeah. so I think our, our altruism can be played on. So that when that was what was happening to me. Yeah. So then on and there, there are chunks I'm, I'm leaving out. You know, it's impossible for me to tell the whole story thoroughly in this one episode, but I'm happy to elaborate at any point if you think it's necessary or whatever. But on October 23rd, that was the climax of it all. So I, I'm emaciated at this point. I'm, I'm, I'm about 20 pounds lighter. I'm yeah. only 5'3", so 20 pounds is a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> and 20 lo- pounds is a lot on anybody, Jess. True, but when you're 5'3", it's extra a lot. You were real little for a while. I was, and the last 10 pounds of it had come off in about in over the span of about two or three weeks. So yeah. I'd been thin yeah. for a while, but the last bit just melted off of me rapidly. Yeah. So... And I'm still smoking weed at this point. Um, so I get this the night before. So on October 22nd, yeah. I get this download and it says, whatever happens, you must not stray from the path. <laughs> and it was this, this voice was actually audible. Not all of them were audible. Yeah. Um, and, and it was only audibly God one time. Yeah. Um, I've prayed on this. I know that to be true. Can you describe maybe, was there a difference in how you felt when different yes. voices spoke to you? Can you describe what that felt like? Yes. But I, I was so deceived to think mm-hmm. that there was something, something I would have to do that would scare me just like Jesus was scared. Yeah. So this fear was holy. Uh, so the, the voice of God felt peaceful, peaceful and loving and just made me want to 
fall to my knees and yeah. love him and worship him and praise him. But the voice of evil felt scared scary. me. Yeah. But, but, but it's okay. Cause it's going to feel scary. It's supposed to feel it's scary. It's supposed to feel scary. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, this is part of the process. Yeah. You know, you've been, you're special. You've been chosen as an initiate. And it, I found out later it was into a line of the occult called theosophy, yes. by the way, if that means anything to anyone, you know, so yeah, it's supposed to feel scary. Yeah. That's holy. Right. So the night before the day that we now refer to as the <laughs> great collapse, um, I hear another voice audibly and it was trying to imitate the one that had been God, Yeah. but it made me feel different. Yeah. But in the moment I couldn't distinguish between the two, right? Cause I'd been told that it was supposed to scare me and this was just a natural progression. And it said, whatever happens, um, you must not stray from the path. Then very faintly in the background, I heard the name of my best friend, Heather. And so, and because that's the whole thing with initiation is it's, it's the path. And because theosophy is very much a way of paganizing Jesus, it was like, you know, he refers to himself as the way, the truth, the life, the, he's the, he is the mm-hmm. path. So it was like trying to make it out. Like you are following the way of Jesus, whatever happens, do not stray from that holy way. That was, that was mm-hmm. what it, what it mm-hmm. was. Yeah. And Creepy. it was something. So the next morning I wake up, my husband's out of town again. He was gone most of this year for, for his, for, for work. Um, so they really capitalized on my solitude. Um, the next morning I wake up and I feel this mounting pressure and this is the part where it gets weird. So if you're listening and you're, you're tempted to feel skeptical or like I'm making this up. I totally understand. I'm not, <laughs> but I understand. <laughs> so I wake up and I feel this mounting pressure like in yeah. my chest is yeah. the best way I can explain it. And I had been told, you know, your next, your next round of initiation, your, your set, the second initiation is coming and this one is going to be, this one's going to hurt. You have to be shattered. You have to, um, you have to allow yourself to be broken in order to achieve unity with God. So, you know, the, your next task essentially is, is coming. It's going to be revealed to you. Um, and after, if you can get past it, then you will officially become a disciple of Christ and you will be taken to the inner rooms with the other disciples and you'll be given further instruction there. Mm. (laughs) So I wake up on the 23rd and there's just this, this pressure in my chest. So I call my husband and I was like, so I was all about Jesus at this point, just not yeah. the right Jesus. Yeah. And, um, I, I called him and I was like, I was like, something's coming. Something's coming. I don't know what it is, but we need to be right with God. Something's coming. And he was like, okay. <laughs> he told me later, he was yeah. like, you, he's like, you, you weren't my wife anymore at this point, but I didn't have uh, words for it. And I wasn't yeah. there. So I couldn't quite articulate why or how, but I felt really distant from you. So this yeah. didn't really mean much to me, you know, but I thought I was relaying this profound message. Right. Yeah. Um, And, uh, so I, I'm, I'm at home alone. It's a Sunday. I feel this mounting pressure. Um, I go into my bedroom and, uh, I, and I had, (laughs) I had opened a physical portal in that part of my house. I'm just going to put that out there. So I'd had things coming in and out of my house for a little while. Um, I don't know if I should elaborate on that or not, but you can elaborate on that later. Okay. Um, but I, I, I say that because I'd walked into this part of the house that creeped me out, yeah. um, where it had been having these 
experiences and my brother had come to visit and he was like dude there's something going on in your house and I was like yeah I know like yeah once again your brother corroborates corroborated your experience it. yeah you know and at the time I was like oh I know I have these you know I, my my extrasensory powers are opening up so I'm like I'm yeah. like almost thinking of it as like a, an attribute that I'm able to yeah. perceive them yeah anyway um so I'd gone into that part of the house that creeped me out and I was walking out and I hear this I get a download that says you are about to die uh, I know <laughs> I know. And, and you're like, um, well, at the time I was like, well, I know they don't mean literally. I mean, they, I, we all have to die to ourselves to complete this initiation. In hindsight, I actually think I, they might've meant literally because I was so emaciated at this you point. Were so thin and you were so malnourished and so mm-hmm. not sleeping and all these things. I wasn't sleeping. I, and I was so malnourished. Um, but it wasn't like I could just start eating again. It was like food made me nauseous. So I couldn't yeah. Yeah. eat. Um, so then I go and I sit down and I smoke a bowl and <laughs> when all else fails, smoke a bowl. When all else fails, smoke a bowl. <laughs> and uh, I hear, I, I finally, I just like, I'm like, okay, I just, let's just get this over with. So I reached out to the name of the spirit being that was Jesus. Okay, this, if you're in the occult, this might mean something to you. If you're not, you're like, this girl's batshit crazy. It's a thing though. So it's, it's, they, there are so many different ways they can do this, but the point is they had turned Jesus into someone he's not. Okay. And it deceived me into praying to an entity that I didn't understand or didn't even realize I was praying to. So I reach out to this, I call out this name Mm -hmm. in my mind. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, again, like what? Yeah. And I hear the word priestess. And so I write it down in my journal and I'm like, priestess. Okay. Um, That's weird. Yeah. Um, And I was like, what about being, what about a priestess? And these downloads are telepathic. So it's not like, it's not like I'm sitting there having a conversation. It's like in one moment, I come to understand this big concept. But if I had to put words to it, I get a download and it says, I can't believe I'm about to share this with everybody, but it says, in order to complete your second initiation, Complete your second initiation, step into Christ consciousness, attain unity with the monad or God, so to speak. Um, fulfill your Kundalini awakening. That was another big one. You and bring the kingdom of God to earth. Mm-hmm. You have to leave your husband and become a priestess. And the reason this feels so terrifying is because it is your version of what Jesus had to go through on the cross. So this fear and this trepidation that you're feeling is akin to what Jesus went through the night before his crucifixion in the Garden of Gethsemane when he was praying fervently and sweating blood. Um, This is your version. So this fear you're feeling is holy. If you can overcome it and obey anyway, you will achieve unity with God and you will be holy. And this is what we meant last night when we said you must not stray from the path. If you don't do this, that is you straying from the path. (laughs) Crazy. Terrifying. I started, I mean, this was like in a second. Yeah. I started throwing up. Um, I mean, I, I, this was, so I I had been attacked at this point. It was an attack. Yeah. Um, I started throwing up, which I now know is characteristic of these kinds of attacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I started throwing up, crying, screaming, no, no, no. Yeah. 
Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I just sort of, I just collapsed. Yeah. So the best way I can explain it is that suddenly I was, I was invaded. Like my psyche was full on invaded and I was, I had one foot in the dimension of hell and one foot in the, in the 3d and Again, that that's just that's the best way I can explain it. I was yeah. no longer safe in my own body, mm-hmm. in my own mind. There was no escape. Um, mm-hmm. I called my brother and my mm-hmm. the one that is closest to me in age, and he and I have always had this telepathic connection. Yeah. Um, really, we've always always operated more as twins. And I called him. I was like, "Dude, you need to get out here. I need you." And he was like, "I can't. I just started throwing up." <gasps> I don't remember this part of the story. I've heard this story before, but I don't remember that. I don't know if I've said it. Um, Dude. I've said maybe not. To, to yeah. I've said it before, yeah. but um, I mean, I yeah. So he started throwing up at the same time in another state. I literally, I was on the, I had the phone up to my ear. I literally just like froze and like, yeah, oh, what? <laughs> like, um, so. I had to have a, a series of friends come out and babysit me yeah. over the next 24 hours, not even 24 hours. Cause my mom, my mom and husband got in town within 24 hours, but until they got in town, I had three friends come watch me in shifts and I was, I mean, I was fading in and out. Um, I, again, I was always aware of where I was physically, mm-hmm. but again, I had, I had one foot in this dimension that no, where nobody could help me. Yeah. Um, and I was not safe. Um, my, my husband said, Joseph said that he would, one of the friends that would be watching me would have me on FaceTime and mm-hmm. I would go from being lucid to like my eyes, like die, like fading, just my eyes fading mm-hmm. and turning gray and mumbling to myself, father, help me, father, help me, father, help me. Yeah. Um, I started walking around my, I'd bought these like earrings from Walmart, this, some jewelry from Walmart few days before and I was like oh these will look good for aerial shows like I can decorate myself with these serpents again undergoing a kundalini awakening so I was really interested in snakes at the time and I started walking around the house like I need to burn the snakes I need to burn the snakes (laughs) (laughs) and my friend that was there at the time at that moment was like what is going on (laughs) um uh, I called my friend Heather because I'd remembered that I'd heard her name and I called her and she she never we we're, we're best friends, but we don't have this relationship where we talk all the time. Mm-hmm. So the, I called her on Facebook messenger, which I'd never done before. And she picked up immediately, yeah. which was weird. Yeah. As soon as she picked up the phone and looked at my face, she started crying and just praying over me. She yeah. said, Jess, you're not right. What's you're yeah. not right. She yeah. had no context. She just knew she needed to be praying over me. Yeah. And when she started praying over me, that was the first piece I felt I was able to, I was kind of lulled into like a, like a nap, a sort of nap. Yeah. It was, so it was the first peace I'd felt, but it, it didn't last. But as long as she was praying over me, I felt some degree of peace. Then, um, I, I reached out to this mentor I'd met on an airplane several months prior. She was the one, I didn't mention this just mm-hmm. now, but she was the one that we got to talking. I'd, I'd gone on this brief tangent going, going back to the previous May. I'd gone on this spiritual retreat with someone named Sahara Rose. If you follow her, she's bad news. Um, she's more bad news than she was then, but she was bad news even then. So I'd gone on this spiritual retreat with her and I'd met this lady on the way back on the airplane and this lady, she was Christian, but she spoke this like esoteric, 
she was a devout Christian, but she had dabbled in what we call white magic, which is what I was dabbling in. And I remember I said, I posed the question to her, um, you know, I just don't understand like the different gods, like, uh, you know, the, are they just different aspects of consciousness of the one God or like, are they all equal? And it's just whichever one calls to you the most. And she goes, Oh, and I was like, cause I was like, Christians tell you that the other gods aren't real. It just seems insulting to other cultures to outright dismiss them. Mm-hmm. And she just so succinctly, I'd never heard it like this. She goes, Oh, the other gods are real. They bow before the one Supreme creator, the Christian God. I was like, Whoa, Whoa. Um, so anyway, so I reached out to her and I was like, I was like, can you pray for me? Um, I don't even remember what I said, but she knew immediately what was happening. And um, so between her prayers and my friend Heather's prayers, I was able to sleep that night. Um, But I woke up the next morning. My friend Brooke came over and um, this was this was the moment. So I was again in and out being tormented. Um, Brooke had just switched shifts with the second person. So she was she was the third shift. Mom was on her way into town. So was Joseph. And she saw me fading at yeah. one point. So again, I was in and out. I could be having conversation and then I would just fade and be like, father, help me. No, no, please. No, please. No. And I would just curl up in a ball. So she sees me starting to fade and she goes, she's a yoga teacher as well. Um, and she goes, Hey, why don't we do a guided meditation? And I was like, in my head, I was like, what, what makes you think I'd be able to focus on a guided meditation <laughs> right now? <laughs> but something, yeah, so, I know it was, yeah. it was God. Um, I know not that now, but something in me was like, no, relax and yeah. let yourself be helped by somebody else. Yeah. And so I just relaxed. I just, I laid my head in her lap and she's stroking my hair and she goes, all right, now raise your awareness up out through the crown of your head, leave your body behind, mm-hmm. let your body rest. Jesus is meeting you here in this space. Mm-hmm. Let yourself rest in his, she had, and she had no context about what I was yeah. going through. Yeah. I don't even know what prompted her to do this with Jesus. Um, well, I do, it was Jesus, but <laughs> I hadn't given it. Yeah. I haven't told, I hadn't told her. Um, and she, she was like, Jesus is meeting you in this space. Let your body rest. Let yourself rest in his light, in his love, in his warmth. He is in this room with us right now. And I felt myself more thoroughly than since the onset, but for the first time since Heather had been praying over me, I felt myself go warm and light and I felt my body relax Mm. and I felt him in the room. And I dug into faith and because I'd read the gospels. So beyond the esoteric uh, interpretation, interpretations I was to, trying to superimpose onto them. I had gotten the message that you had to delve into faith to deal with these things. Yeah. So I tapped into faith, unlike anything I've ever known. And I was just like, I trust you. I know this can be used for good. I know that you can, he, I know that you can fix this, mm-hmm. um, help. Yeah. And I heard a scream, an audible scream. Yeah. I literally thought like a neighborhood kid on next door who had like yeah. fallen off a trampoline yeah. or something. So I didn't do anything. Cause I was like, Oh, the neighborhood, I hope, hope the neighborhood kid's okay. And <laughs> it wasn't the neighborhood kid. It wasn't the neighborhood kids. <laughs> then, so then I heard a second scream and mm. I, I opened my eyes and I look up at Brooke and I was like, I started to say, did you hear that? Yeah. And she kind of furrowed her eyebrows and like yeah. cocked her head at me. Like hear what, you know? And, yeah. at, but as I was saying it, I realized what it was. And it was that he, Jesus had entered the room <laughs> And physically driven away. Yeah. I don't know if it was one entity screaming twice or two entities that yeah. he 
I don't know. But um, thus began a very elaborate, painful healing process. So spiritually, it was like, it was like I was a gunshot wound and Jesus Mm -hmm. had shown up and stitched the wound up, but I was still weak. I still had Mm. to do physical therapy exercises, Mm -hmm. um, sort of thing. So thus began a very long recovery process. Yeah. And that's my Mm -hmm. story. (laughs) And now where are you now? Just like very, very briefly. Um, I'm Catholic now. Um, I, so I, a few weeks later, I went on this trip with my mom and I didn't know anything about different denominations or it didn't, yeah. to me it didn't matter. It was yeah. just like all different flavors of the same thing. And, you know, but, um, I was on this trip to Scotland and England with my mom that we'd been planning for a long time. I tried to bail out of it actually. Cause I was like, I'm not strong enough, but she's like, you need to be here. I, <laughs> that was God speaking to yeah, her. Cause yeah. I did. Um, but we were going on all these tours of, you know, religious sites and, you know, the tower of London and the first chapel in Scotland. And yeah. so I was kind of learning about the, the, the history, the Christian history in mm-hmm. that part of the world. Mm-hmm. And, um, I finally, I was, I was being tormented. They were, cause it was like, I had shut the door had been shut. Jesus had shut mm-hmm. the door, but I could have reopened it at any point. Yeah. And the door was, it was very thin. Like and you could hear what was on the other side still. Exactly. I yeah. could hear what was on the other side and they were trying to like, convince me, mm-hmm. trying to coax me to open it yeah. back up. And because I didn't know what I was hearing, I didn't know, you know, like, am I supposed to do this? Am I supposed to, do this? I didn't know what was God, yeah. what was not God. Like, am I well, still learning, still learning. Yeah. Um, so I was still being tormented at this point. Mm-hmm. And so finally I just, it was over the course of this trip. I was brought to a really intense and painful illumination of conscience, um, which I won't talk about right now, but basically I, I, I got on my knees and I was like, I just want the truth. Yeah. And yeah. Um, again, I don't know if I got on my knees literally or not, but in my heart, I was on my knees yeah. and I was like, all right, I'm done with the games. I'm done with the prideful, you know, I, I want this to be true. I don't want this to be true. So, yeah. I, so I'm going to pursue this. Not that, you know, I'm done with all that. Just tell me the truth. Yeah. And I was expecting more of like, a, you know, go be this religion or this religion yeah, or yeah. really what I, if that really what I was expecting more of was my truth can't be encapsulated by a human institution, mm-hmm, but here are some mm-hmm. principles like, yeah. you know, is Jesus God? Cause I didn't know where I'd landed. It was like, yeah. okay, so Jesus is important, but is he the son of God? Or is he just the head of some angelic army? Yeah, is he, yeah. you know, are we Aryans here? He's he, uh, the first and foremost created being of God. I didn't know. Yeah. And so that's where I, what I was expecting. Yeah. The answer I got was go be Catholic. <laughs> At first I was like, I don't think I heard that right. I'm the anti-institution wait, wait, wait. gal. Catholic? <laughs> the, the Catholic? The Catholic? Of the Crusades Catholics? I was, yeah, I was like, I'm the anti-institution gal. That's, that, that I couldn't have heard that right. So I was like, <laughs> nope, that was over and over again. Very gently. It wasn't yeah. these sensational yeah. messages I'd been getting before. Mm. You know, these like spiritual dopamine hits of hearing That's something. another good thing to point out. Like the differences between the good and the bad and the different things that we're speaking to you the feelings and the sensationalism yep. the dark was scary and it was sensationalized and it was exciting yep. and mysterious and, yep. you know yep big you know that was not the voice things. of god the voice of god is gentle and quiet still small voice and warm it's a still small voice that makes you feel at peace yep but it is direct and it told you to go be catholic yep, <laughs> yep. so here i am yeah. I didn't get it at first. Now I, now I get it. I've pieced some more together since yeah. then, which is beyond this conversation. But now I'm like, now I'm, now I'm Catholic. <laughs> hey. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. So I feel like 
I feel like there's so, this story is so deep and intense and so crazy. Um, and I feel like we're going to probably talk about it a lot in future episodes. Like things will come up from this. And also people are probably going to listen to this and they're going to do maybe one of a couple things. Either they're going to be like, this chick is totally bonkers. And you know what? You're welcome to come to whatever conclusion you want about <laughs> this story or anything that we talk about. Like, you know, we're all on our own journey. You can think whatever you want. The, the fact is like, this is what happened to Jess and this was her lived experience of it. And we both fully believe it is real because of things we've seen in our lives. So this is a very real experience. Um, so maybe, or maybe you're in the occult right now and you're like, you understood a lot of this terminology and you know exactly what she's talking about. That could also happen. Um, or maybe you're in a state of like kind of suspended disbelief or you're like still trying to explain maybe with like, uh, it was weed induced psychosis and nothing more. (laughs) You could say it was mental illness. You could say it was weed induced psychosis. You could say it was like a combination of different things. Like, and if that's the explanation you want to come to on it, totally cool. Like everybody's going to arrive at different places with stuff like this and that's okay. We're just presenting our stories here, Jess's story. We're not trying to tell you what to make of it or think about it, but maybe just, you know, if you're on a spiritual journey right now, you're trying to figure out what is true. Maybe just keep thinking about it. Um, because there is truth here and you know, we're all at different places, but all that to say, we know that this might sound crazy. That's okay. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Thank you for listening. Yeah. If you have questions, like <laughs> reach out, ask us a question. Um, maybe we can answer them at some point, but yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that's, that's my story. I'm sticking to it. Yeah. And, um, I think that's all I got for the Yeah. Yeah. Are there, are there any other like takeaways or things you really want people to know Oh, definitely. As like a, I will yeah. think of in the future. Yeah, I'm I sure you'll think of those that. later. Oh, it's, it's fine. It's fine. Just if there was any last little bit that you wanted to throw out there to be sure that people knew before you signed off for today. Nah. Nah. Okay. All right. All right. Well, that's just a story. Um, thank you for listening. I know this was a long episode, but like there's a lot here that's really important that I don't feel like we can leave out because you have to have context for what happens here. So moving forward yeah. and why we discuss the things we discuss Absolutely. in the way in which we discuss. Them. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 It's, I think it's very important that you know where both of us are coming from and how we ended up at the place we are. And I know that there are people out here who have probably had similar experiences or experiences that kind of touched on some of these things that you had. And so, um, wherever you are, reach out, we want to talk to you, <laughs> but yeah. 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 Right. So thanks guys. With that, yeah. Thanks.